Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, I love theatre. I don't know about you. Anyone else love theatre? Good, most of us. I wasn't quite sure how that would go down. Because you know how some people are like, oh, theatre types. And they're just like not quite sure about that. That's like, okay, there's a few of you. Sorry, no offence. But I'm glad to see so many people are with me in, uh, in your love of theatre. My favourite moment of all time is in musical theatre. That's my particular preference when it comes to theatre. Is in the, the, Wicked, uh, the musical Wicked, which is the uh, Wizard of Oz spin-off musical. And there's a moment towards the end. If you know Wicked, you'll know it when Elphaba goes up in all her green glory and she's singing, I'm not going to sing it for you, but she sings her heart out and it's like actually show-stopping, breath-stopping. When I saw it a couple of years ago, I literally couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. It's just too much. It's so beautiful. Anyway, my point is, what I love about theatre is the, is the acting, the actors. I love how people are able to get up on a stage and create a character and you actually think that's them, but it's not. I know it sounds very fundamental, but you, you, they're so convincing in portraying this character that you think that that's them. And I was reading about acting the other day and I learned that uh, one sort of theory of acting is that what is happening in that moment is that the actor is creating an optical illusion of an identity. An optical illusion of an identity. So you actually think that's, that person is that character. Actually, they're not. They're creating an optical illusion. It got me thinking, and I wanted to pose this question to all of us today. Are you ready? No. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway. What if, what if all of life was theatre? What do you think life would be like if all of life was theatre? If all of life was simply optical illusions of identity interacting with other optical illusions of identity and everyone just brought their characters together and interacted with one another. What do you reckon life would be like? I feel like I've just like dropped a mic on something. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, who are you? What do you think life would be like? If all we saw of each other was optical illusions of identities and not our true selves, if all we saw of each other was the characters that we portray, these carefully crafted and carefully curated characters that we present to the world, crafted in order to elicit the type of response that we think will be acceptable to people. What do you think life would be like? What I would be presenting if I lived my life in that way, let's just say I crafted a persona, a personality, a character, and I put it on because I knew it would be the crowd pleaser. I knew it would be what would be acceptable to other people. What you would get from me would, would not be the real me, it would be the imaginary me. It would be the one I know is a crowd pleaser. Have you met people like that? You know, no hair is ever out of place. <laughs> they've never got any dirt on their car and they've never got any crease on their clothes. I don't know how people do that, but I've met them. I have no idea. I don't know how they're real. But I'm like, I, I, I want to know how you... I can't do it. I want to know how you do it. How is it possible? And I think, wow, that's amazing. And yet, I just can't seem to connect with you. You know the feeling? You just you can't get through. Everything looks so perfect, but you just can't connect. What if life was theatre? Now, I don't know about you, but I just don't feel like I can wear my track pants in Crow's Nest. <laughs> Anyone else? Now, 
I have to tell you, I love my track pants. They're from Cotton On, the navy blue, and yes, they passed the Marie Kondo Does It Spark Joy test. They are currently nicely folded in my drawer. I thank Jesus for them, not the, not the trackies themselves. And they're nicely folded in my drawer. They passed the test. Yes, they spark joy. However, no, I can't wear them in crow's nest. There's too much pressure. I feel like I cannot be myself and wear my comfy trackies in crow's nest. I have to present a particular type of front. I don't know what it is. I, I love them. I can't wear them in crow's nest. There's pressure to present a certain way and my track pants, unfortunately, ain't it. Now, it's like that, isn't it, in, life, in, in a city like Sydney and in an area like the North Shore. It is like that. There is pressure to live up to certain expectations, both ours and others, both real and imagined. There's pressure to live up to certain expectations and put on this uh, optical illusion in order to feel like we are acceptable, in order to feel like we're accepted. And because as human beings, our desire to be accepted is so deep and so strong because we are created for relationship, for acceptance, We do what it takes to be accepted, often without realising it. Putting on an act, pretending, creating the optical illusion of an identity which we use to interact with other people in order to fit in. And it's risky for our real selves to show up. It's risky. One of our greatest fears as human beings is that we would show up with our real selves and be rejected not be accepted, be knocked back, and we would find ourselves alone. And so we present this outer self, this carefully curated character, an imaginary self that others perceive to be us and they engage with. And in doing so, we lock our real selves behind this character. Do you see the irony in that? Because we're so afraid of being alone, we put on a front that we will think will be acceptable, locking the real self inside and finding ourselves more alone than ever because the real self never got to engage with anybody. Is it any wonder that loneliness is an epidemic in our society? The more we hide, the harder it is to connect. We are surrounded by people and yet feeling more alone than ever. Now, if it's true on the North Shore, could it be possible that it is true of a North Shore church? Could be true. Let me be more gentle. Could be true of a North Shore church. I mean, if there's one place we feel the pressure to slap on our happy face, the minute we walk through that door, I'm not saying it should be this way, but if there's one place we feel the pressure to slap on our happy face, isn't it when we walk through that front door over there and walk into this space? I'm going to show us how it's possible for that to be different. But isn't church so often the place we feel like there's a standard and an expectation and a pressure to bring our optical illusion rather than our true selves? What if they found out who I really am? What if they found out what I've done? What if they found out what I'm actually like? And so we pretend. 
Now let's just continue this train of thought. Imagine with me, what kind of church do you think you would get if all you have showing up is optical illusions, if all you have is theatre? What kind of church do you think you'd get? Here are some questions to get you thinking. How much depth would that community have? How much care would it show for one another? How prayerful would it be? How many friendships would exist? How creative would it be? I imagine it would be full of friendly people, full of friendly people, but not very many friendships. It's an important distinction for us to get. I think it would be full of practical needs that went unmet because nobody knew about them. I think it would be full of unrealised and undeveloped God-given talents and dreams and potential. I think it would be full of lonely people crying out for love and for acceptance and to be heard and to be known. And I think it would be full of people wondering why the spiritual growth that God promises in the Bible, in his word, has not been made true for our lives. Have you ever wondered that? Like I see God moving in all these other people's lives around me. And I read in the Bible that I'm supposed to be experiencing and growing in the fruit of the Spirit. But, but why is that not happening for me? Why, why is that not reaching my heart? Why is that not changing my life? I think there'd be a lot of that going on in a church like this. Now, there are, that's, a, that's a complex question. There can be a lot of answers for that. But one of them is what I don't want you to miss today. If you, if you have switched off, just switch back on for one second. I'm going to give you the takeaway and then you can go back to sleep if you would so desire. <laughs> but here is the one thing I want you to take away today. God will grow you to the degree that you show up with your real self and let people know you. Why? How can that be? Because you can't separate out your relationship with God from your relationship with other people. The church, the body of Christ, the people sitting around you today are literally the embodiment of Jesus in your life today. And so when you're relating to God, when you're letting God know you, what that looks like is to let his people know you, his body, literally the body of Christ, the embodiment of Jesus. That's why we go on about being representatives of Jesus, being fireflies. We are literally his embodiment in the world today. And that means that we are his representatives. He uses us to do his work in one another's lives, to grow us. Now tell me, if you're not bringing the real you, if you're not letting, people be not, if you're not letting yourself be known by the body of Christ, how do you expect to be known by God? to be changed by God, to be grown by God. It doesn't work like that. You can't expect God to grow you when you won't let anybody know you because authentic relationships are an indispensable and unavoidable part of spiritual growth. 
some of us think, unfortunately, feelings, relationships, messy, best avoided. But if you want to grow spiritually, I'm sorry to tell you, they are unavoidable and indispensable. Absolutely unavoidable and indispensable. Real selves showing up to one another, risking vulnerability, risking judgment, risking rejection, all the things that terrify us and we hide from. But the minute you start pretending is the minute you stop growing. Because your real self is not in connection with anybody and connection is what grows us. Only when your real self is connected with other real selves are you connected to God's source of growth, which is spiritual relationships. And can you grow into all God has created you to be? Is that okay? Good. (laughs) Now let me show you from the Bible how this is true. Uh, If you read through the New Testament, there are 59 different places where we are commanded to one another, one another. That makes sense? Clear as mud? <laughs> 59 examples of commands like these. Love one another, be devoted to one another, honour one another, live in harmony with one another, stop passing judgment on one another, instruct one another, greet one another, have equal concern for one another, carry each other's burdens, bear with one another, submit to one another. Do not lie to one another. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Spur one another on. I haven't given you all 59, but (laughs) it's comprehensive enough to get the force of it. This is God's growth mechanism for us as his people. One, One of his key unavoidable growth mechanisms for us as his people. To one another, one another. If you want to grow, you need to let yourself be one another and you need to one another other people. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> now, why are there so many of these? Why are there so many different commands about one anothering? It's because this is how Christian community is built. This is how Christian community is strengthened. And the strength of our community depends on us one anothering one another. <laughs> And the stronger our community is, the greater its potency for changing our lives, for bringing about spiritual growth in us. The extent to which we each do this for one another is the extent to which we individually and as a community will grow up in Christ and represent him to the world around us. Our reading for today is one of the key one one another statements. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is key. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Now tell me, how can you possibly accept someone you don't know? How can you, the real you, not the optical illusion you, how can the real you be accepted if nobody knows you? It doesn't doesn't logically work. It's not logically possible. 
We are the embodiment of Jesus in one another's lives. And what that means is that part of our role is to be the hands and feet on Jesus's acceptance of us. Experiencing Jesus's full acceptance of who you are, that he sees you and knows you completely and still loves you fully and accepts you fully. That is what changes our lives. And we experience that reality when we have that same acceptance extended to us by the body of Christ, by each other. It changes our lives. It grows you up spiritually when you're able to experience that. You cannot experience that if you don't let yourself be known. God grows you when you let other people know you. If you don't, the wind might be blowing, but a sailboat that doesn't have its sails up, it's not going anywhere. If you want God to grow you, you have to let other people know you. No one else is responsible for your spiritual growth. Not Sam, not any of the ministry team, not your connect group leader. No one else is responsible for your spiritual growth but you. That is something that God has given to you to nurture, to steward, to grow, to to engage with him and others on. Nobody else is going to do this for you. There are things that God wants to do inside you, but it's not going to happen unless you do something on the outside. He's made the first move, thankfully, in Jesus, in making all of this possible for us, in giving you this community. It's as if he's holding out this source of growth to you as a gift. And now it's up to each of us to say yes or no to that gift, that source of growth, which is to allow ourselves to be known, to allow others to see us truly as we are. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Would we be pastoring and loving you guys well if we said, all right, everyone, on your feet, find somebody you don't know, find a perfect stranger, confess to them your greatest sin from the last week. Go. How, doesn't that just like put terror in your soul, just the thought of that? We can't one another, one another in rows. In a space like this, when we're sitting in rows, in this type of context, The Bible says, confess your sins to one another. Is that going to work very well when we're sitting in rows like this? No, (laughs) it's not going to happen. This is not the space, it's not the primary environment for one anothering one another. It has to move beyond the Sunday, beyond the context where there are rows. Now, you might be saying, okay, all right, okay, 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 I've got it. (laughs) What does this look like for me practically? What is my next step? There is only one thing I want you to do off the back of today. One thing only. And that is this. Let me, let me take one step back. We work tirelessly behind the scenes to create environments for you that are safe spaces for you to be known, for you to be loved, for you to be heard, for you to be accepted, and through all of that for God to grow you spiritually. We've called them connect groups in the past or connection groups. But then we realise that doesn't really cut it because isn't that what you do on LinkedIn? Connect? (laughs) That's not not one anothering one another, unless your LinkedIn connections are different to mine. So we're going to be calling them community groups moving forward. Because isn't that what this is about? Community, being known, being heard, loving one another, confessing our sins to one another, spurring one another on. That is community. It's not just connection. Connection is skin deep. But community, community changes lives. 
There are about 25 of these groups around Sydney. There are groups for men. There are groups for women. There are groups for teenagers. There are groups for young adults. There are groups for adults. There are groups for mums. There are groups for dads. There are groups in the northwest and the upper north shore and the lower north shore. And the people in them are sitting all around you. And they are God's provision to grow you this year. They are safe spaces to be known and heard and loved and accepted. It is all there for the taking. They are places where it's safe to drop the act and to stop pretending. I want you to be part of a community group this year. With all of my heart, I want you to be part of a community group this year, not just because it's a program we run as a church, but because God's word clearly shows us this is where our lives get changed. I've experienced myself. I wish you guys could see what I see. Just over this past year, I have seen people join a community group for the first time and I have seen them open up and, be, and, just, and this beauty that was within them just start to shine through for them to start to drop the act and be more comfortable to be themselves. I wish you could see what I see, the way that God uses these to change people's lives. It's scary. It is so scary. It costs you. But God uses them to change your life. You can sign up at Next Steps after the service out in the foyer. You can sign up on the website or come and chat to us. Whatever you do, get yourself in a community group. And now I get it, it is scary. Relationships are hard and messy. There are feelings involved. Lots of us just don't like feelings. Yuck. That's enough to put you off sometimes, right? If we're real, if we're real. But this is the real stuff of life where you get to drop the act. Maybe for you, you have been playing a carefully curated character for a really long time and the stakes are very high for you to drop the act with a group of people. Maybe you've been hurt by Christians before in a community group. Maybe you're afraid that if you're truly known, you won't be accepted. Maybe there are things you're hiding that you're ashamed of and are terrified of being found out and judged and rejected. I know, I know. And can I gently suggest to you that if you give in to that resistance, it might simply lead you deeper into that hurt and into that fear and into that shame. You're allowed to push back on that resistance, even though it hurts, even though it's hard, even though it costs you. Please think about this. The path to freedom and growth and connection starts today with joining a community group. They're kicking off second week of February. Please think about this. I know for some of you it's not logistically possible to get to a, to a community group for one reason or another. Can I ask you to think of creative ways to put the same principle into action, that if God's going to grow you as, people, as other people know you, to create a context in your world where you're... In, in deep relationship with other people, where people are asking you the hard questions, where you're asking them the hard questions, where people are able to support you because they know your needs, where you're vulnerable with one another. It might be once a month grabbing two people and going down for coffee or lunch after church. It might be having an email thread between you. It might be a WhatsApp group. Whatever it is, if you cannot be part of a community group, 
Please get people around you in your world who can know you so that through that God can grow you. There is growth and meaning and joy on offer to you this year through a community group. It's your move. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the clarity of your word. That relationships are what you have wired our world for. They're the axis on which everything else spins, God. And I thank you that you are so clear about that. Thank you for making them such a core part of your spiritual growth program for us. Unavoidable and indispensable. Father, I want to pray for everybody here today, particularly those feeling challenged, those your spirit is particularly speaking to, God. I want to ask for your peace. I want to ask for your steadiness, God, particularly those that this has brought up anxiety for. Jesus, I want to ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come now and that you would minister to them, that they might know your presence in their fear, that they might know your presence in their hurt. God, that they might find your healing as these deep places are exposed and unearthed by your Spirit. And Jesus, most of all, I ask that you would get them in a community group, get people around them to love them and heal them and restore them. Jesus, would we no longer play theatre church? Would this, with the depth of our community, God, this year, would you just bring a new depth to it so that there would be prayerfulness like we've never seen before, that there would be care for one another like we've never seen before, that there would be a bursting forth of vulnerable creativity like we've never seen before. God, as we each commit to turning up with our real selves to a group of other people, God, and one anothering one another into spiritual growth. Thank you that your spirit is at work in all of that, God. Be with us as we sit on this, God, as we pray through it, as we talk to our friends and our partners about it, God. I pray for our our community group leaders this year, God, that you would commission them right now, Jesus, that you would anoint them with everything that they need to lead these circles, these communities, these safe places to be known and heard and loved and seen and accepted. Give them a sensitivity to your voice, to your spirit. Help them to lead us with love and grace, God. Jesus, I thank you that you are the leader of our church. You accept us as we are, God, but you don't leave us as as we are. You grow us up into all that we could be in you. Thank you that you have put people around us to make that happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.